Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things weighing on our minds. I'm Michael, I'm a chaser, and today I am an over-caffeinated coffee boy, and thank God, too, because we have had so many technical issues, I need every ounce of mojo I can get to start this thing off right. (laughs) Oh, baby. Hey there, I am Don, I am a chubby guy living in sunny Hollywood, and I am an underfed sleepy boy who hasn't had enough sleep. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm Dan Oliverio. Uh, I'm a chubby chaser, author, public speaker, and uh, I am part of the coffee generation. I am ready to go. (laughs) I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub, and I am a iced caramel macchiato with brevet, uh, extra whip, caramel drizzle, and uh, one of those little tweel cookie things. Oh, yeah, he's extra whip. Are are there (laughs) chocolate shavings? Yeah, sure. Yay! How's everybody doing today on this this fine, non non technically challenged, non frustrating, beautiful morning? I'm golden. I woke up ten minutes before we were supposed to record, but now I've had an hour and ten minutes to uh, wake up while we fixed our technical issues. So, yay! Yeah, Dan is the freak amongst us as the oh, the sole morning person on the Big Fat Gay Podcast. That's right, Don. God damn it! You, you're the one person who's like, we can record at eight a.m. Like that'd be great. Oh, sure, sure. And, you know, unless that's too yeah. late. Unless we got something to do, that's fine. I can find. We can go earlier. That's fine. <laughs> I honestly, I could probably do it too, as long as I get, you know, a, sl- a solid like 10 to 14 hours of sleep the night before. Ugh. Good. All of us no. will just need to pour ourselves a cup of Dan in the morning with flavor crystals. <laughs> Ooh. I've had them. We've replaced the flavor. <laughs> We've replaced Dan with flavor crystals. Let's see if the audience notices. <laughs> hey, hey, Trevor, how's that cup of Dan every morning? <laughs> it's a lot it's strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we have. Have, uh, I mean, it's. I guess it's a new segment. It's something we were struggling to find a name for during our technical issues. But it's the mailbag because that's just what it is. <laughs> the mailbag. It is what it is. Um, yeah, we've gotten some really lovely comments from people over the last few months, and some of them had like really heartwarming stories and and sentiments attached. And we thought it might be fun to share them uh, with the listeners because some of these actually, like for me. It was surprising to hear from even from people that I know personally, um, their specific reactions to some of the things that we get to talk about. So I thought it would be kind of a fun way to start the show off and, you know, start it off on a positive note. Um, so it, hopefully this is OK with the person who wrote this in. Maybe I'll leave them anonymous for now. But um, the one we have for today is from a wonderful chaser uh, who writes in. Uh, He wrote this to me. He said, hey, Michael, I finally got caught up on the Big Fat Gay podcast and just wanted to say I'm loving it. It's a perfect blend of humor, light bulb moments for me and anecdotes. And I can feel the love and heart everyone is infusing into the show. I've discussed issues related to body image, size and relationships with the fat friends in my group. So these types of conversations aren't exactly new to me. But even so, this podcast is helping me understand the Chubb perspective and the Chubb Chaser relationship so much more intimately specifically how important it is for a chaser to be an advocate. It's helped me understand my role in any potential conflict in the future, and I can feel my mom dying to have a weight discussion with me about my boyfriend, and also helped me reflect on situations where I've fallen short as a chaser. I'm so glad you, Trevor, Don, and Dan brought this podcast into existence, and I'm definitely recommending Big Fat Gay Podcast to as many people as I can. Thank you for everything you're doing. I can't wait to see you see where you'll take it. That's really Aww. lovely. Thank you. Well, thank you, um, name. I th- 
uh, anonymous yeah. name. <laughs> per, person who wrote this in, I, I, well, maybe we'll start checking with people if they want their names included. But I just, I, for me, it was really heartwarming to see not just a positive reaction, um, which is always affirming for us, but also to see that it's inspiring some conversations. Um, and maybe, you know, if that conversation happens with his mom, um, that he'll be a little better prepared for it and more confident and comfortable. Um, that is the whole reason why I joined in the first place. And hopefully it's helpful. Um, I also want to maybe give a, a welcome. I didn't really say this to you guys. Um, so Mark Centembrino, which hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Cause you know, it's, I mean, it's 11 now. I don't have an excuse. It's not early. <laughs> um, but of uh, Fat Kid Yoga Club gave us a little shout out on Instagram. Uh, and I know we got mm -hmm. some new follows on Instagram. I don't know. Maybe if we have some new listeners now, if you're new and you found us that way, welcome. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yay. And the mailbag is a new thing. So that's a fun little treat if you you dove into this episode. Uh, another thing that we've been doing, which we started last week, uh, is trying to uh, reach out to listeners about... Um, certain aspects and questions that we had in mind. And the first one we have been asking is, is there an action you've taken or conversation you've had with a friend or family member that's had a positive impact on how they relate to your being fat or your attraction to fat people? What worked for you or what didn't? And has your relationship improved because of the action or conversation? And I think in addition to that, if you feel like things are kind of pretty great and you don't really have uh, any of those dramatic conversations. Do you have a sense of what you're already doing that helps contribute to that? We're going to try and get a little bit of a conversation going. Uh, we've already gotten some good answers, but this might come up next week, I'm thinking. But if you have any thoughts about that, feel free to send it in. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, all kinds of social media, as well as our website, which will have all that info at the end of the show. Keep those cards yeah. and letters coming. That's right. Um, so... Uh, Trevor, you uh, you pitched a couple interesting Robert Pattinson themed pop culture bits. This is which fascinating. I, am, I we almost got started talking about it beforehand, and I it's like no 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 save it for the show. <laughs> well, so interestingly enough, I don't I think it was you that sent us the the Robert Pattinson workout I, I article. Said, so Robert Pattinson of Twilight. Yes, I, I, I think I sent it to you, Trevor. Well, so Dan, do you want to set up that article? Yeah, I was just trolling through, you know, what I troll through. And I found this article uh, about how Robert Pattinson, the new Batman, defiantly refuses to engage in a in a intense diet and workout routine to prepare for his role as Batman, mm. uh, saying that he considers it, quote, setting a bad precedent. I don't know. I think the precedent for working out to be Batman has kind of already been set. But I really appreciate mm -hmm. this idea that, like, you know, maybe I could just play the role, guys, and and not be the gym bunny that inhabits the suit. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Michael Keaton worked out when he was Batman back in the day. I wonder. You I never saw too. him without a shirt on in that. I mean, or Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, true. boy, you saw a lot of Adam West. Poor, poor guy in tights, you know. I yeah. mean, actors are already like fit, beautiful people on on the whole. So like, how how hard do you really have to press it? I mean, you know, when Christian Bale came in, I feel like that's when it really became about like fitness. Like mm -hmm. they said he was, he bulked up so much. They said he was too big and he needed to lose <laughs> muscle mass. Well, I mean, before they take a look at the, the actors cast in the Marvel universe. Have you seen, uh, uh, oh my God, what's the name of the Indian comic that got cast Ooh, uh, in the Kamali. Kamal Nanjiani. None, yes. none. Oh, uh, oh my Kamil God! Nanjiani. Is he? He got so jacked for that role, and it's so disconcerting. Oh, oh yeah. my! You haven't seen it? 
No, what I'm fascinated because he's <laughs> awesome, but I just know him as a just go look know, it up right now because I want to see your facial expression when you see his uh, <laughs> his shirtless body. It is insane. But uh, yeah, I mean, Marvel, the Marvel universe definitely set a tone for mask. Yeah. Okay. So I'm yeah. watching my <laughs> face. His what eyes have gone wide. Fuck. He's currently slamming his head against the microphone. <laughs> Damn, Kumail. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, so you can understand the pressure on Pattinson in that well, he is the anchor. He is the he is the anchor point, not just for the Batman thing, but that makes him one of the two or three anchor points for the DC universe. Well, but let's back up a second because Pattinson has always taken his own path through Hollywood, preferring to do a lot of indie movies as opposed to major blockbusters, which he had the opportunity to do after being such a big, big star in Twilight. And he recounts Mm -hmm. the story of how even when he was in Twilight, they said like, oh yeah, we're, you know, we want, we'd love to have you take your shirt off here. And he was like, okay. And they said, okay, yeah, you're right. Put it back on. <laughs> that he was, <laughs> he was never the buff star that they wanted. And he has no interest in being that because he's just a skinny, mm-hmm. good looking, you know, British guy. So we've defended Robert Pattinson for a second, but now I'm curious, Dan, there's a follow-up <laughs> yeah. to so, this. Yes, yes, there is. Dan, Dan sent us the article about Robert Pattinson and talking about not doing a workout regime, but I, I saw that article, <laughs> but what caught my attention was uh, <laughs> this, in, in I think it was the same interview, he m- talks about this pasta dish he makes, and he made it on Zoom with the interviewer, and he calls it fast food pasta. And so, Dan, just walk us through your reaction here, because you have a history, your, your family's Italian. Yeah. So, like, this is, there's a specific minefield that he's walking through yeah, here. I read well, this recipe and I couldn't understand it. it, it it's horrible. He, I mean, he I, had, I, have, I have the recipe here if you... Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. Okay, so Set the you, stakes. you first have to microwave the pasta. <laughs> Step uh, one. In, in water, yeah. I'm assuming. Uh, oh, worse, yes. worse. In foil. Wait, no, you can't microwave foil. Oh, yes. No, yeah, just- no, he says he says that, you know, oh, well, the interviewer even said, like, that's not going to go well. And he's like, oh, and as it turns out, he blew out his microwave and that's how they ended the cooking. Yes. <laughs> you microwave the pasta. In this case, he used penne, but he prefers the kind that looks like the hair bun on a girl. Sure. What's the, what's so the next you, step? Okay, so you microwave the pasta and then to congeal everything in an enormous amount of sugar and cheese, you layer sugar and pre-sliced American cheese on top of breadcrumbs, or in this case, cornflakes, because you can find breadcrumbs, in a foil bowl on top Sorry, of- Sorry, did you say sugar? Yes. yes. Yeah, sugar and American cheese. Let's, yes. let's reiterate and then, that. So uh, sugar and American cheese, and then cornflakes, and then more sugar, then red sauce, because, you know, it's, it's pasta. And by, I think by red sauce, he means ketchup. And then uh, you take a hamburger bun. What? And put it on top and then you cover it in foil and you microwave it and then you explode your microwave yeah. because. <laughs> so this is also known as the Robert Pattinson diet. Yes. I have been trying to follow it for a week now. I've lost 30 pounds. Because <laughs> you can't eat anything. No, I think this is throwing it up. I think this is very consistent with the person who is not going into COVID quarantine special diet to bulk up for Batman. Uh, uh, I I, don't I would so like to say that. that the inspiration, the inspiration for this food was that Pattinson was racking his brain, trying to come up with the solution to the eternal problem of how can we have handheld pasta? Uh, so, Trevor, do we have a Lizzo watch this week? We do. <laughs> it's Lizzo watch 2020. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. It's still 2020. Um, <laughs> 
but how? Wasn't it always? Oh, God. Or was it ever? <laughs> so what has Lizzo been up to? So Lizzo's just living her best quarantine life, like the rest of us. Uh, but she gave a very uh, kind of wonderful little pep talk uh, the other day on her Instagram story, um, kind of talking about confidence. So I'm laying here and I'm thinking about confidence, like where confidence comes from. And a lot of my confidence comes from a lack of shame. I wasn't always that way. For a long time, I was the most ashamed of myself when I didn't like myself. And I was waiting for this epiphany to happen. I was, one day I was just going to blossom into a different person. That's just not reality. You can change and alter your appearance and that's fine, but your confidence and the love that you have for yourself, there's really no workout regimen, plastic surgeon, hair stylist, makeup artist that can really change that and beautify that. You gotta beautify that. I had to beautify that. You're gonna have your thoughts. They're gonna hurt my feelings sometimes, but at least it's who I am. And at least I'm proud of that. I love that. And that's a nice. lot of what I talk about in like my work with people in my seminars and my book that, that this idea of confidence or self-esteem is not something you go out and get or change about yourself to be self-confidence is recognizing that you have an opinion that is not that and that you mm -hmm. are in fact mm -hmm. naturally competent and confident and you have an opinion that runs counter to that and you put a lot of faith in that opinion. Hmm. Yeah. I like that way of thinking about it. It certainly rings true for, for me and the things that I struggle with as far as confidence and self-confidence like that. But certainly with like working out and like self-image and stuff like that, like the only point at which I started feeling better about myself was when I stopped fixating on trying to make myself look a certain way. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like that, at least for me, that was the most damaging way to operate. Um, Lizzo kind of continued this, uh, you know, call for self-love then by posting a wonderful uh, booty picture. <laughs> but of course, with the call to uh, put on some cute panties today and smack your own ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's part of Trevor's workout regime. Yes. <laughs> 50 reps. <laughs> when, Gets when, a little sore. Yeah. But I live in a panty free when, household. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> uh, well, take some tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to layer my underwear with sugar and American cheese. Yes. And then microwave yourself. When we all meet up again and we're able to record these in person, we should all do a, an ass-smacking panty routine just to get back into the swing of things. I thought you were saying we should have the, the Robert Pattinson pasta together. Uh, well, yeah, but it, would, it could be two things. I feel like we. I feel like if we were going to be good journalists, we have to try the Robert ha Pattinson pasta. <laughs> it can wait until we get together, though. We'll do it upright. It, we'll it use the wait. best American cheese. <laughs> We'll actually use real girls' hair buns. Yeah. <laughs> but so, going back to smacking your own ass. <laughs> um, what a great this, transition this, uh, to our topic for the day. This uh, mm -hmm. week, we wanted to kind of talk about um, the topic of touch and quarantine and self-care and touching yourself, mm -hmm. touching others, which I kind of was thinking about because time is a flat circle. So I don't, I can't do the the head math in my head for when this was, but I recently got a haircut. I, I was very shaggy. Um, it had been like almost four months since I had a haircut and my barber messaged me and said, you know, I'm, he has a whole system set up for 
being sanitary and we were both wearing masks and he had gloves and a sanitation process for his uh, barber kit. But it was much more therapeutic and like almost kind of like I was getting emotional, just kind of going, getting some sense of normalcy Mm -hmm. and getting to interact with someone that I hadn't seen in a long time and getting groomed in a way that I hadn't been. And I also saw this um, article kind of about how uh, the Dutch are making up words for these feelings and experiences we're having during quarantine, including, uh, <laughs> let's see if I can say this, <laughs> Have fun. hoid hunger, which kind of translates to skin hunger or touch hunger. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk about, especially because um, we had a, a listener who's a massage therapist message us yeah, kind of talking about this. And Don actually had a conversation with him. Michael Quinichet? Yeah, Michael Quinichet of Q's Massage Studio in Sacramento. He wrote in, basically, uh, he's saying he's a fat positive certified massage therapist based in Sacramento and soon Palm Springs, uh, and was curious about our experiences with massage, which, you know, I have to admit, you know, being I, I am suffering from touch starvation during this shut in. Like the idea of going to get a massage right now is extremely appealing. Just oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. being able to shut off and just... Let somebody else fix my body for a few minutes <laughs> while I go to and my happy contact. place. Sounds very yeah. appealing. Yeah. Just the basic idea of contact with another person. Yeah. So uh, I had my birthday uh, about a week ago, I think. And uh, Michael came over and wished me a socially responsible, distant birthday from six feet away and asked me the question, like, should I give you a hug? And like, I didn't know how to answer because it had been two months since I touched another human being. Mm. Um, He said yes. And I I said yes. And I remember feeling kind of awkward giving you a hug. So I'm like, I should turn my face away so I'm not breathing on him. And yeah, must have no flesh to flesh contact. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. it was a really kind of weird experience when both of us are huggers. We always hug whenever we get together. Mm hmm. And it was so weird that that had become so awkward so fast with so many like hangups in my head about touching another human being. Yeah. You have your masks on. We didn't, we did like a wrist hug where we didn't touch our hands Yep. so that you're not, you know, and like you turn your head the other way and you're very conscious of, yeah, like anything skin to skin. And obviously that's still breaking quarantine Right. A bit, but like, Jesus. I still felt like, yeah, it, it felt very illicit at the same time. Like <laughs> I was breaking rules. Was it satisfying? Did it, did it no. in any way scratch? Okay. Well, I was so mm. wrapped up in the like, well, what if I have the COVID? Am I going to give him the COVID by doing this? And like, oh my God, I'm being so irresponsible. Yeah. Um, so you couldn't really I, enjoy it. No, I was getting so neurotic about. Yeah possibly hurting somebody that I have value for, you know, just, I mean, I've been thinking about once we get out of quarantine, like when someone tries to hug me, I feel like I'm going to like throat punch them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Note Dan, to future Michael, do not hug Trevor. Dan and I are very lucky in that, you know, we, we have, you know, we can touch each other. Um, we have pretty much kind of committed to if one of us gets it, we're both probably going to get it because I don't think either one of us could handle like isolating within the house and not being able to yeah. touch, um, yeah. which I do know is a reality for some people, even yeah. like, you know, parents 
who are uh, healthcare professionals or whatever, not being able to touch their kids or, you know, their partners or whatever. It's the um, ultimate go to your room. Yeah. Yeah. Or go to me, go to my room. (laughs) (laughs) And I I sleep on the couch. Ouch. Yeah. 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 Uh, I saw an interesting video that just, it popped up on my Facebook feed. In fact, I think a listener shared it, Um, but it was a, a guy who had set up, like a screen in his backyard, like a plastic, like a clear oh, plastic yeah. tarp, and then had sort of cut these custom, like, uh, sort of holes. And he had built basically a hug screen <laughs> because it was his, uh, I think it was his wife's mother's birthday. And so you could reach through kind <gasps> of like quarantine style and put your arms through plastic yeah, and hug each other. And it looked ridiculous and they were kind of laughing. But you also, if you look at her face, she's getting really emotional because she hasn't been able to hug her daughter or her grandson, you know, in however many months. And that is where we're at. And you can tell, even though it's not the same, it is something. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are looking for ways to deal with this weed hunger Tweet hunger. <laughs> touch hunger. Let's just call it touch hunger. I, I kept um, misremembering it as flush hunger. Oh, dear. <laughs> Trevor. That seems very different. That seems very carnivorous. That's, that's mm. zombies. We're not quite there yet. But one of the things that I read is that it's like in even some spots in L.A., animal shelters are emptying out from all the adoptions. Mm-hmm. Like people are going out and adopting pets in volumes that they never have before. I think it's a big part of it is dealing with touch hunger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like being yeah. able to touch another living human being. A friend of mine just adopted a puppy the other day and uh, I went over to play with their brand new German Shepherd puppy. It's so adorable. Oh. Uh, but, you know, I, I like I had to uh, swab down with uh, disinfectant first and after. So I didn't, you know, it, otherwise every puppy is going to become a disease vector. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, there's the there's the joyful fact that apparently cats and dogs and maybe other animals can also get COVID nineteen. So, or, too big or at least the only I think they confirmed can thing is a tiger at this point. No, there are several. Oh, there really? Are several house pets, yeah, cats mm-hmm. and dogs. No, I hadn't heard that. Mm-hmm. Banana slugs. <laughs> I think there's a rabbit as well, but yeah, no. it's uh, something else. I think that kind of spring to mind in this topic of. Touch, massage, COVID, rabbits um, <laughs> is just within the chub chaser community. I think there's a difference in touch, especially for chubs, um, because of, you know, everyone has their body issues. But when you're fat, there's a whole nother layer to that. And I mean, we've I think we've talked about this whenever we've talked about intimacy, you know, the the issue of being OK with someone touching you when you have issues with your body and then Mm -hmm. as you know a chaser being mindful of touch when you know you don't want to touch incorrectly right right well and there are two sides to that because on the one hand you have you know a a lot of fat people are very guarded about their bodies just because they've been so they've been so uh, uh, open to abuse and and ridicule because of their body and so there's a lot of walls and barriers up and, and some people not, I, mean, that, I don't certainly mean to paint with that broad a brush. And then there's also the chaser side where a lot of chasers don't know how to touch and appreciate a fat body because the only body they've ever touched and appreciate usually can, is their own and it's a non-fat body. And in the same way, I found that in the same way that clothes, like, like if you try to make clothes for fat people, 
you don't just take like pants that are a 3232 and blow them up bigger. Like that's not going to work <laughs> in the same sense, yeah. in the same sense that, you know, one touch doesn't fit all, you know, um, I know with fat men, there are a lot of erogenous zones on a fat man's body that thin people just don't have. Yeah. And if you're a chaser and you don't know this, you know, you're, you're, you're robbing both of you blind. It's, 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 yeah. there's really an opportunity there. And Michael's nodding his head vigorously. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Discoveries have been made. <laughs> It's been Though, proven. I would point out, like, I understand the the sexual aspect of it, but like the touch I'm craving, like, don't get me wrong. I miss sex. Yes, I miss sex. I admit, <laughs> yes, I'm but not saying not, I don't. But it's not all you miss. I get it. But yeah. that's yeah. certainly not even the majority of it. Like, I'm yeah. having weird fantasies of just like holding someone and watching television, you know? Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, no. I'm just thinking um, in high school, my friends and I would touch each other's faces a lot. <laughs> <laughs> which i don't really understand it just was there were i was thinking about there was like a lot of face touching and face grabbing and smushing and what was that about what would horrify people today <laughs> like yeah quarantine someone come someone coming up behind you and putting their hands on your face yeah would be like nope. right now would be like oh why Murder. are you trying to kill me manslaughter at the very least yeah what Dom was saying, I thought was really well addressed in uh, uh, Christina Tesoro's article, I Want You to Touch Me, Skin Hunger and Digital Dysmorphia in a Pandemic, where, I mean, it's a fantastic article and oh, yeah. so well written. Uh, it's re- I highly recommend you read it. We'll have it on the website. Um, but one of the things she talks about is the difference between um, sexual touch and, and, and non-sexual or, or platonic touch, um, where you still need that touch and it doesn't have to be a sexual experience and i i also thought it was like based on what dan was saying i I was starting to think like if you're a chaser and we've kind of i think we've talked about the idea that the chub and chaser world is developmentally tends to be like five years behind what the quote-unquote normal population is five to ten yeah yeah and so like if you think about it that way or like a chaser that maybe doesn't have as much experience um any kind of touch with the chubby is attracted to will feel inherently sexual, I think. Oh yeah. Uh, but also doesn't have to be like, it, it doesn't have to be a sexual experience every single time. Like you can hug hello or goodbye. You can cuddle. Like there's so many other things that are part of touch and they aren't inherently a sexual experience. And I think that's what we're starting to really live through right now is when you are, denied all touch uh i I think the basic kind of touch that i am missing first and foremost is that non-sexual i want to be able to hug somebody Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i want to be able to sit next to somebody i mean sex yes please i would like that also but really there's a there's like there's the first point there's the first wall line of defense that i need to feel good about myself and that would yeah just be able to hug somebody sad pause yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me in in the in the real world before all this happened, like touch was sort of a it's a mixed bag, uh, the casual touch because I Trevor I'm curious if you have the same experience. I find a lot of uh this is more of a straight world thing than a gay world thing, but I feel like uh, a lot of straight people have no problem reaching out and casually touching my body in ways that would be highly inappropriate if like they wouldn't do it if I was thin. Really? You know? Oh, I mean, like, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I mm-hmm. don't want to say this, but like, I don't, 
I know straight people, but I feel like most of the people I see on a regular basis are gay. You'd never say anything bad about a straight people. Some of your best friends are straight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and they try so hard. I, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. I just, I know straight people. Some of my best <laughs> friends are straight. <laughs> well, I mean, something I've noticed is that the farther your body lies outside the norm, the more people feel free to appraise, comment, and touch. Yes. And it could be because you're tall. It could like if you're seven feet tall, it could be if you're 400 pounds, it could be if you're pregnant, mm-hmm. uh, people just have this grant themselves permission to interact with your body because they, you know, for whatever reason they, they, they think, but there it is. You know what, actually right. now that, it, so that kind of triggered the, when I have icky like interactions with people at the gym, like, yeah, you go, man. Or like, you're killing it or whatever. Like <laughs> I see you here every day. Like, yeah, but that's cause I, you're here. Like that's not, if you see me, that means you're here and like go high five yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like a lot of the like shoulder slap arm, upper arm touch, uh, hmm. aggressive fist bump or high five more upper body. Mm hmm. But do you think that's tied to like, if for instance, a friend of yours did that, would it be a similar reaction or is it the fact that it's a stranger? It's for me, it's the fact that it's a stranger. Like if even a casual friend to me, you, I, I don't really react badly to touch. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. fine. Like you are in my world, you are in my space that I don't have an issue with that. It's welcome. It's more like associates, you know, or like, more than one occasion i've been in conversation with a group of people and someone will kind of casually reach over and like touch my belly to make a point about something and i'm like Mm, a point about what (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's i don't know it just feels like they have so what dan said they feel they have this sort of permission uh because yeah i think it's because i'm out of the norm that's it yeah you know it's for me it there's a lot of baggage that comes along with touch as well just kind of given my background uh touch has historically has been a very very bad thing um and so part of my sort of the work that i do with myself is to try and separate out that experience from what it should be um where for instance i will get very um what's the word I will feel very defensive about somebody who is trying to hug me when I feel like they have ulterior motives. So like Mm. a hug is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know, there's nothing intrinsic to a hug as, you know, as being too close to somebody. But like Don was saying, like, you still want to know that they're on your side. Like you still want to know that they're in your circle. And I don't think that's something I don't think that's something you just throw around and like walk around hugging people or slapping on the back or making comments or poking their belly. Like you, because touch is an intimate thing, even though it's not necessarily sexual, it still has to be accepted and welcomed or not. And I don't think you can just assume that somebody's going to be okay with it just because it's a non-sexual touch. Yeah, I, I think that's true. There's also like I remember this is a while ago back in the gay community. If you were a liberated gay man in New York or Los Angeles, you greeted all your friends with a kiss on the lips. And I, that was like a bit much for me. Like, I, I mean, mm. a hug. Okay. I can get behind hug, but like the whole lips kissing and, and a lot of, uh, a lot of um, straight female friends would do this with their gay friends. And it was like, uh, it's kind of beyond my, 
that's beyond my, my ken. And something that you were mentioning, Michael, that that sort of disingenuous touch. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh God, like I, I've been in so many times where like a waiter has made a mistake or a waiter has done something and their way of making it up to me is to start touching me mm. as sort of an apology huh. gesture. And oh, oh my God, it drives me crazy. Like get mm. your hands off me. That is not helping. That is hurting. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I actually have like a zone on my body where that is okay. It's like shoulder to like mid upper arm is the, yes, you may touch here to make a point zone. Sure. But if you've pissed yeah. me off, the last thing I want you to do is to start pawing me. I still get, <laughs> yeah, I still get a little wigged out. Like I don't, I, I, it's trying to separate out like what is an overreaction on my part and what is like, you know, acceptable. But yeah, like I still get a little, like, uh, I don't know you, why are you touching me at all? Kind of. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I'm, I'm in Michael's camp. Yeah. I'm team no shoulder touch. Like there's, it does feel disingenuous. It feels like what, like why, why, what are you do? Like, what are you trying to do? Hmm. It's like forcing a connection. Well, it's like, like it's almost, it almost feels like this is my sensitivity to the specific thing, but it almost feels like a kind of manipulation where like, because we know that touch is, is an empathetic thing. If I can touch you, then I'm making you empathize with me just a tiny little bit. And if I can get that, then I can make you see my point of view. Like Dan was saying, like, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'll force you to see that. I'm sorry, because I'm going to touch you and you're going to feel for me. Like it's this connection that you have to, you should be able to choose whether or not you want it or not. For me, it's not so much the, the fact that they're trying to manipulate me. It's like, you're apologizing, but you're spitting at me at the same time. Like this does not feel good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious. So uh, I consider myself to be a very touchy feely person. Do of the three of you, which do any of you f- consider yourself to be very touchy feely people? I know. Is it Trevor? I don't want to cut you off. Um, I, have a long, I have a long answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I am. I hate saying this. I'm a Gemini. So I am. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> you have two months. Uh, yes and no. It's I feel like when, <laughs> Yeah, that is my experience of <laughs> I am either like you know, on my back exposing my belly like ah rub me, touch me, or like <laughs> get away from me. Na- yeah, like snap. <laughs> uh we had a uh a rescue, we were doing kind of foster trial and <laughs> There was an incident where he bit me and it's kind of like <laughs> that where it's like, oh, someone's like, okay, let's play. Chop. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, it's in my daily go about my life. I do not want to be touched. I don't want to be touched casually. If it's a romantic situation or verging on romantic. Yeah, that that that's how that is for me. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I think one of my one of the things I do really well in bed with a guy is my touch. Cause to me, it's very sacred and very powerful, which may be why if it's done casually out in public, it feels so invasive. And so, I mean, I'm, it's not that I don't like to be hugged, but these casual, anything from the straight boy backslap shoulder slug, uh, which I detest, or the worst, the worst is when they come up behind you and start kneading Ooh. your traps. Ooh. And the no, harder no. they do it, the more you're supposed to appreciate it. I just, I will literally hit somebody if that happens. I just find it so incredibly painful and uncomfortable. So I'm very sensitive to touch. And so most casual touch in public comes across to me as absolutely overwhelming. Hmm. Uh, hmm. And I save that for, you know, tips and tricks in the bedroom, which you know, I, I, I've gotten pretty good Yelp reviews on. Why? Uh, <laughs> Do you associate touch with sexuality then? 
I associated with intimacy, very okay. much so with intimacy. And in the same way that somebody can be too intimate with you in a, in a public setting or in a particular relationship, I find that, again, it's not that I don't want to be touched. It's not like I go stiff if someone hugs me. It's certainly not the case. I will almost always uh, hug someone you know, when, when I meet them, like that's, I mean, unless, unless I get from them that like, that's not appropriate. It's an interview or like, that's just not, that's not going to fly. Mm-hmm. But like, that's not my problem. My problem is sort of the, where there's, there's no setup for this. There's no, it, it's an, it's an expression of intimacy that I, that in the same way that if someone said something that was too intimate, or if someone asked something that was too intimate, it might, you might have an affront to it. That is touch for me. That's interesting. Because like the exact example you gave of someone coming up behind you and giving you the shoulder rub. Despise. To me, that is such a beautiful gift if someone I know does it. A complete stranger walking up behind me and rubbing my shoulders might have a different (laughs) conversation. But even someone who I have sort of like a casual friendship with, like to me, that's a gift. And I love it when somebody does that. I would do my best not to really, really hurt them. I so I have a question for you, Don. And yeah. you know, if this is too much, we can cut it. But I am curious because we've talked a lot about sort of your experiences with guys, and particularly some experiences where you were trying to discern like whether or not they were into you or like hitting on you versus mm-hmm. being friendly, and like what the line there was. And there's there's one person that we've talked about a few times where he's very friendly, and there's always been that kind of like is he is he not vibe, if he were to come up and give you a shoulder massage mm-hmm. uh, like we just talked about, mm-hmm. would you take that as a sort of platonic, like, oh, this is nice touch, or would that feel romantic to you? That would not necessarily signal a romantic overture to me. Okay. Um, because and maybe it's my background. I'm a theater kid. Like we all rubbed on massage each other circles. in non-sexual <laughs> ways. Well, and I you think know, it depends it, on the context and the person, right? Yeah, but in general, I don't assume that a an offer of physical uh, comfort. I don't think of it as intimacy. I think of it as uh, connection when when it's that sort of massage. Um, especially if they're like, honestly, like a little bit more force to it desexualizes it to me. Like if they walk up behind me and they just start stroking my shoulders <laughs> without actually trying to penetrate muscle at all. It's just like a matter of, then it's just, you're just touching me. Blowing so what you're saying ear. is you enjoy more penetration. <laughs> oh yeah. You got, you got to go deep in me, bucko. If right. you're not going deep in me, you're wasting my time. Wait, we're talking about massage, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Sure. Yeah, good. <laughs> going back to uh, my thing with face touching once at uh a bar i had a guy come up and so he's doing the kind of like you know chaser icky like belly grab and i was like oh mm. whatever like he was kind of drunk i was like okay no no and then he just kept doing it. I was like okay whatever and then he started doing it to my face whoa and i was like wow. okay no we're, <laughs> we're done <laughs> we're here done now. no <laughs> Wait, <laughs> no that's goodbye. that's a, that's a completely i don't know thing. in what world that would be okay Oh, in drunk world. Yeah, that's when. Oh, uh, yeah, in drunk world. No, that's valid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but like, Everything's valid in drunk world. Like needing my face fat. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Nope. So when I sat down to talk with uh, the massage therapist uh, that wrote in. Yes. Uh, yeah. Michael Quinichetz. I was going to ask you more about that because you got to talk to him. Yeah. One of the things that I talked to him about specifically was if you are with a partner, right? And like massage and touch and that sort of thing is important to you or is important to them and unimportant to you, 
Like, how do you broach these topics? Right. And so like, if you, if like for me, if I was partnered up with somebody who did not like being touched, this would be an issue Mm -hmm. because that to me, that's just part of connection. Yeah. Um, if they were unwilling to touch me, um, or, you know, if, if I want, like, if I sat down and I'm like, I've had a hard day, my shoulder really hurts, would you mind rubbing? And they were like, I'm not comfortable with that. That would be a problem. And that's not uncommon, right? Yeah. yeah. So I asked him how you might be able to cross over that divide. And so his big focus on that was if, if you're two people that spend time with each other, it doesn't have to be romantic, it can be a friendship thing too. One communicate, you know, talk to them about like uh, what it is you need and how that makes them feel right. Don't make it about you. uh, Make it about the two of you. Okay. And so, for example, he finds with a lot of people, it's a trauma issue. If they don't want to be touched, uh, then very often they've had some sort of encounter where touch is now dangerous or sends you back to a place where touch was not positive. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can't force them to talk about it, but you can ask them to go into it as much as they're willing. Um, And then when you have that sort of understanding of where both of you are coming from, don't ask them to dive into a full body deep tissue massage right away, but ask them like, okay, so like my shoulder does hurt. Like, would you be willing to just massage my shoulder? Understanding it goes no farther than that, you know, or what would you be comfortable with me touching on you? Right. Like would touching your hand and massaging your hand be okay, which will give you that foothold to the touch that you need while exploring the things that they are comfortable with and helping them open the door to more if that's possible. Hmm. Yeah. And I should say that, you know, the that's a great conversation to have. And conversations can not only be verbal, they can be physical. And the point of that conversation is not to figure out what their problem is. Cause if you start, if you started from that angle, then they always have a problem and that's never going to, that's not going to go anywhere. I, I like what you said about how, you know, how they experience it because ultimately communication is not what you say. It it's what the other person hears. Right. Sure. And that goes for touch as well. So you want to know, like if you're touching them, not about how, how to touch them because they don't know. And that's not their problem. It's more like, how are they receiving that? And then the more you can get how it is for them, the more successful this is going to be. Mm-hmm. How does it show up for them? How does the touch, how do they experience that touch? And not that it's right or it's wrong. Or you're doing this, you're not doing that, but how are they actually experiencing it? And then, then you can get into, so, you know, demonstrate how you would like to be touched or with the context in which mm-hmm. you'd like to be touched so that it's really all, it's all very positive and it's all very much about how do they experience it? Yep. So I'm curious, because I, I dated somebody, this was years and years ago, uh, who loved receiving massages, mm-hmm. um, and I loved giving them. So it was great. There was a really fantastic connection over this, but I also wanted to get them myself. I wanted to receive mm-hmm. that same kind of touch, and maybe I got one or two, uh, but he would basically refuse was there anything in there about somebody who would, and maybe this is a function of bad communication and relationship or, you know, but for me, it was like that actually ruined my desire to then give them because I felt like I, I felt like there wasn't a give and take or there wasn't yeah. anything reciprocal about it. It was, even though I genuinely enjoyed doing that for somebody, 
eventually it just got to the point where I was like, I, I feel like I'm just giving and giving. Did it, did, did Michael have anything to say about that? Well, the two things that I think I take away from that is, uh, from what he said was one reiterating, be proactive with what you want. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're not laying out for the other person, like this is something that's important to me, Mm -hmm. something I need, then you can't entirely blame them for not understanding that they're not fulfilling your needs. The other thing that I think I'm extrapolating from things that he said, but I think he would agree with is positive reinforcement. Like when he does give you even just a little bit of that thing you want, be appreciative, show that that was the right thing, that that was Mm -hmm. what is wanted. And hopefully that positive reinforcement and giving them positive experiences from giving that to you Mm-hmm. will help encourage them in that direction. That's probably something I could have done better in hindsight. Yeah, don't be stoic. Do not be stoic. That is not the way to get mm-hmm. what you need. I wonder too whether it has cuz something that comes up for me in that is just the posture and getting into a position and if you're talking about a bigger guy who may or may not have problems with that, I wonder how much of that is just like, no, I don't wanna. And like, I don't know, if I ask Trevor for a massage, I don't know, Trevor, would that be an easy thing for you to do? Um, I mean, I think it would be difficult, but I would find a way to do it. Like, I think most of the time, like, I'm just thinking when you have a little nod or something and I get in there, it's easy to kind of mm-hmm. just like lean over and get in there. <laughs> My requirements are pretty minimal for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the mechanics of like, if you wanted to be on your stomach, <laughs> yeah, that that's would what be I mean. kind of difficult for me, I think, just because like I have short arms, I'm a very front loaded <laughs> And I think I would probably end up like uh, getting a whole bunch of weight onto you. <laughs> yeah. And which a lot of chasers, yeah. including me, would be kind of fine with. <laughs> Very fine with. Well, one of the things he said was most common for a lot of people was just associating massage with sexuality and not wanting that to progress with with people uh. and feeling that it's being forced on you. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so for someone like me who doesn't necessarily associate massage with sexuality, I I don't really run into those particular blocks. But one of the things that he brought up that I think is pertinent to our audience that I think is interesting is that a lot of bigger guys will of not a lot of bigger guys, but a common reason why a bigger guy will decline to have a massage sexual or otherwise is sort of a tendency to feel it puts the spotlight on them in a way that a lot of larger guys are uncomfortable with. Mm. Um, a, I would say a so, popular yeah. defensive tactic for larger people is to try and contrary to the popular belief, fade into the background and be unseen, which is something a lot of us are very good at when we need to Mm -hmm. be. Or there's sometimes there's this nonsense of like, well, I don't want to put the masseur through that. He'd have to touch my body and goodness, no one. Well, that's a deflection, but, and and there's probably, but it's the same source. Yeah. It's probably also worth clarifying that like a massage that you can get from a partner or a friend is probably not the same massage that you're going to get from a professional and having the yes. right expectations. I was talking to him specifically in that time. I was talking specifically about friends and partners mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of thing. I just have to take a quick poll. So, and maybe send us your responses to this question. So on a lot of the apps, uh, scruff growler, uh, grinder, there's always like people advertising massage. And there's times <laughs> where I'm like, this sounds like it's not like a massage. It sounds like yeah. sex and but yeah. i also know people that someone told me that they were a straight person and they would advertise massages on the gay apps because they're like oh this is a great 
resource. But I just, there's times where it's like, I don't know if this is like, if you order a massage on there, if you're actually going to get a massage or you're going to get something else. I have had that unpleasant experience where I went in for a massage at a Thai massage place out here. A woman was working on me. And then all of a sudden there is a hand on my junk that was very unexpected and very out of the blue. And she spoke English as a second language. So I think Uh, me jumping out of my skin might have been a sufficient uh, (laughs) cue to stop. But actually, um, again, Michael uh, went into this a little bit and reiterated like, you know, he, 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 for example, is a certified massage therapist. Uh, you know, he gives these legit massages at a legit location or your home and all that sort of thing. Uh, but he reiterated when you're making an appointment with somebody, you need to make it very clear what your expectations are. And if you're looking for a non-sexual <laughs> massage, make that very clear. If you're looking for a sexual massage, make that very clear. Or you might be in a very awkward situation <laughs> towards the end of the massage. I, I still think just uh, like... There could be something awkward about being like, I just want a massage. No sex stuff. <laughs> just, just a massage. <laughs> well, it, or the I, opposite. Talking with him, I got the impression that a massage therapist will not be insulted if you make that clear. You know? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that anybody who's insulted by the question, you probably don't want doing it anyway, yeah. whether, whether it's either option. Right. right I thought right, it was very yeah. interesting because he, he, like I said, he's a legit massage therapist, but he was very upfront about bringing up the topic. I didn't bring up the whole like... You know, a hand job, all that stuff at the end. The, the happy, happy ending, ending, I think yeah. that's the term. Uh, right. He was one who brought it yes. up and really reiterated, like, as as a client, if you're going out and purchasing, purchasing a massage, it's up to you to get the description of the product that you're getting beforehand. Did he say anything mm. about the words full release? <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. think that's part of the, the euphemism that uh, is understood. <laughs> Definitely. I think one thing that I really appreciated getting a professional massage a few months ago um, for a very specific like back pain issue I was having uh, was having them. I mean, obviously, there was an understanding going into it already, uh, but also having him say what he was going to do before we got started. Mm. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start here. Mm. And this is how I'm going to do it. And here's where I'm going to go. And here's where I'm not going to go. And And that for me made it very easy to relax in the moment because I... I knew what to expect and there were no. Yeah. Surprises. You set your expectations. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. It was simple, yeah. but it was really helpful. So one of the things that I just wanted to run real down, we are, we are running out of time here. And, uh, my, Michael Quinichet gave such a, he, he spent two hours talking with me about this massage stuff. Mm. The guy is, the guy is a joy. He's a pleasure. Uh, we'll put a link to his massage studio. Yes. Uh, if you are, in uh, the Sacramento area or in the Palm Springs area, he specializes in the larger body. So this is the guy to go to for for your pains and stuff. Um, and he's a fellow listener of the show. So come on. How could you go wrong? Yeah. But uh, one of the things that I wanted to touch on is just some of the advice he had uh, on the different subjects for people new to massage or that were afraid of massage, were considering getting a massage and all that stuff. Um so there are lots of benefits to massage, like go online, you can find out a lot of them. But one of one of the benefits he specifically called out for larger men is for a lot of guys like in our in my body shape, for example, are not often encouraged to feel comfortable in their own body. Mm-hmm. So touch becomes something that they become uncomfortable with. A professional massage therapist is one of the ways that you could possibly help to cope with that a little bit. Uh, by getting used to someone manipulating your body in these non-sexual ways, 
um, mm. or sexual ways. We don't judge. <laughs> it can be a sort of desensitization for you for that fear, right? Facing your fear, going straight into it. Uh, for people who are afraid of nudity during a massage, to reiterate, nudity is not actually necessary during a massage. You can wear as much or as little clothing as you want. Uh, he specializes in a type of massage called Thai bodywork, which you can actually stay fully dressed in. He's basically trying to turn you into different pet pretzel shapes on the <laughs> table to help you stretch and uh, help you g give massage by body manipulation. So nudity is not a factor. We got into a conversation about erections and farting and falling asleep, <laughs> and uh, which was awesome. And he reiterated all these things like a massage therapist. One, erections happen. It does not mean anything else. Like if they're going to be massaging your upper thighs, you may grow erect. I, I was trying to come up with a fun euphemism. Mm. I didn't have one. <laughs> a massage therapist isn't going to be insulted. They are not going to be embarrassed. Or take it as a green light. And yeah. Yep. Falling asleep, uh, farting during a massage. Both of them, he says, a lot of massage therapists will take that as a compliment <laughs> because they have successfully <laughs> relaxed you to the Relax point you. where you yeah. that is coming out of you or uh, you are sinking to that comfortable place. Uh, he gave some advice for partner Chubb and Chaser partners on how to how to safely and in enjoyably massage each other uh, for the chaser massaging the larger man. He suggested um, basically keep your footing, like always make sure that you're sort of bracing yourself, uh, that you are well grounded whenever you're going to try and pull or climb on top of somebody mm -hmm. and do not. And this was this is an observation I've had in the past. Avoid your fingertips when massaging a larger man. Uh, go for flat palms, fists, distribute your pressure. Otherwise, it's going to feel like you're plucking a harp string in their back. And that's not fun. And very similar advice for a larger man massaging a smaller one. Make sure of your footing so that your balance is always in, in under your control and check in because bigger guys, we are strong. We know that. And a lot of massage uses body weight which gives us more power. So check in with your, your smaller friend and make sure you're not hurting them because sometimes they're going to be embarrassed to speak up. Right. That's good advice. That's really good. So this guy had so much wonderful advice. I hate to just boil it down to those few things. Uh, but uh, the last tip I want to touch on real quick is if you're a larger man looking for a massage therapist, there are, are certain code words you can use like uh, body positive uh, to find a massage therapist that, can can accommodate you is happy to accommodate you the other thing he suggested is look at their websites look at who they're massaging on their website very often they will put a larger person on their website if that's something they want to advertise that they they support and his other piece of advice was to find larger massage therapists to begin with a larger massage therapist is more willing to work on a larger person so do not be afraid. Do not feel that your body makes it impossible for you to find a massage therapist. There are actually people out there that train for every body type that are happy for every body type. He gave the advice to massage therapists that if you have a larger person on the table, lower your table. It makes it easier for you to mm -hmm. access them, to put in the applied uh, your your body weight, distribute it more easily. That's brilliant. So easy and you so know? brilliant. And for them to get on and off of exactly. it. Yes. So uh, again, go check out his website. Uh, I'm sure he'd be willing. He has some instructional videos on there uh, that'll be very useful for anyone. So thanks again, Michael. Much appreciated. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. 
So do we have uh, yeah. a tip for today? We do. Um, so I mentioned Mark Santemperino at the start of the episode. Um, he is actually doing um, a couple of online yoga classes specifically geared towards big fat queer dude yoga. So he describes the yoga class as a space for men in larger bodies to experience the benefits of yoga. Hmm. And he means men and dude as in just if you identify as man, boy, dude, whatever, um, it is yeah. not, you know, it is open to trans and non-binary folks, um, but he is doing it via Zoom. The first one is this Sunday, May 24th at 10 a.m. Central Time. It's $10. Uh, there's going to be another one on May 31st, which um, is my birthday. And I was thinking of maybe I want to try to do it at least once, but maybe nice. also on my birthday. And maybe we can all do it together. Oh, that'd be, be a fun little that. thing. That'd be fun. Yeah, um, that would be fun. You know, we've talked about kind of the lack of... Um, spaces for fat male identifying people to find a space to be comfortable in their own bodies, especially within the fitness realm. So I think it's really great. I wanted to plug that and you should check it out. Yeah. I'd like to do that together. I think that would be a fun experience. Yeah. Sounds good. Dan, do you have a little do- bit of bit for us that we can slide in? No, I have bit? a very long bit. I, I think we have a long bit. So I think maybe we'll put that off for the next okay. episode. We will postpone okay. our bit until next time. Come back in, come back for a sample of Dan's bits. Yes. Yes. For, a whole for Dan's bit. Un- always a pleasure. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have a hard out and we've run out of time. But uh, thank you for, for joining us on yet another Big Fat Gay Podcast adventure. Yes. Um, Trevor, okay. as you've it's gonna be been a, struggling to. It's going to be a marathon to- <laughs> version and- of this. So go, 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 check go, go, us go. out on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Check out links to all of the wonderful stuff we talked about at uh, www.bigfatgaypod.com. Leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Yay. Facebook, too. Uh, awesome. If you're listening in the car, there's someone behind you, and they're going to give you a nice little massage, whether you want it or not. <laughs> so look out. <laughs>